Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring them The championship run deep in our vein. The entertainment rolling real cause it's all in the game. To us, you know, around the city doing it better than this. Just say look at this. You can look around who better than this. Nobody. Who your team, the Blazers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers, the Patriots, the Cowboys, Clippers, Tigers, the Chickens. USC, Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is, man. Triple left a new podcast. Just join the game plan. Come on, come on. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your host Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. What's poppin' and welcome back to the best new fantasy football podcast on the air. The Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your host Zay. As always, I got my guys with me. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? And my guy, Bro Joe. Holla at them, bro. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? Yo, family, we getting down to the nitty-gritty champions are about to be crowned. And th- this is just an exciting time for football. We got all kind of coach movement. Uh, we're already looking forward to the draft. Even though fantasy season, for all intents and purposes, for NFL is rounding itself out, there's still a lot of things to be excited about, a lot of things to talk about. We got your news and notes, your final fantasy wide receiver edition, and we also have your playoff preview for the weekend with your DFS picks and your best bets. You can join us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. And if you need to get us any information, promos, advertising, things of that nature, Gmail, that's Fantasy Football Fiend, F-E-I-N. Now let's hop right into your news. And now your fantasy news. So we have a couple of things going on in the news that everyone is kind of thinking to themselves, okay, now how this how is this going to affect the weekend in some instances? And how is it going to affect next year and others as far as fantasy goes? Head coach Andy Reid stated on Monday that quarterback Patrick Mahomes practiced in full, even though he had uh, accurately diagnosed high ankle sprain. They're saying that it isn't quite as bad as previous that he suffered. I think that was back in like 2019, if I'm not mistaken. Nonetheless, it was diagnosed as a high ankle sprain. Bender, I know you've kind of been around the game in and of itself. Aren't these high ankle sprains supposed to be like a minimum of like a month or something like that? Joe, I know you stay abreast to the you know medical uh, side of the house too. So you may kind of have an idea of what the prognosis normally is. But how is this guy doing this? I- I'm confused. Honestly, I, don't, I think they're not really being all the way uh, truthful about it. A high ankle sprain is a high ankle sprain, no matter how you cut it. They say he's practicing full. I get it. But it's going to still be some discomfort there. Absolutely. Um, he's probably going to look like how my guy uh, Byron left, which had looked when he was in Jacksonville sometimes, remember? When the, mm. He's going to get to the point where the linemen are grabbing on each on each arm and, and taking him downfield. I remember that. I, I remember right? that. Yeah. It's going to be that type of situation. I think, you know what I mean, like his mobility is going to be limited and things of that nature. So he's definitely going to sit back in the pocket. I mean, he doesn't have to take many steps to get the ball off, but True. It, it's definitely not while I'm healed. All of a sudden, it's not quite like. Isn't this normally like a, a minimum of a month long oh, type yeah. of prognosis? For sure, for a high ankle, yeah, for sure. It could very well be longer. I mean, you got guys getting surgery off high ankle sprains. Right. Yeah. Uh, Cooper Cup had a high ankle sprain. Facts, um, and it was out got, for the rest of the season. Right. Yeah. So I mean, like, yeah, I mean, there's no, I don't know anywhere to cut it, but I've never seen anybody play the next very next week of a high ankle sprain. The same game. <laughs> uh, that's true too. 
but that I, I don't know. Maybe he built different, or maybe it's not as much of a high ankle sprain as they're letting it on to be. Maybe they just kind of painting that picture, making that narrative. Who knows? But I know it's a high ankle sprain. He shouldn't be going right now. We had another pretty significant injury that took place last week. Tony Pollard, he actually underwent surgery on Tuesday to repair his broken left fibula. So he should be full strength by the time they get back to training camp. But there are a few other things that are kind of going on right now in the mix as far as that Dallas running game is concerned. There's some news out there that Ezekiel Elliott was going to be willing to take a bit of a pay cut to stay with the Cowboys. And that news was right on the heels of rumors that Dallas is interested in taking the run, the, the young bull, the running back from Texas and Robinson with their first round pick. So there's a lot of scuttlebutt right now going around as far as their running backs are concerned. They were talking about possibly franchising Tony Pollard. Joe, do we think that this injury impacts his free agency at all? Does this make make it more likely that Dallas is going to let him go? Or have they seen enough that since how this wasn't like a Achilles or you know ACL or something like that where it's going to take a year to repair, he's still going to get that same kind of treatment as far as the deal is concerned? Or do you think it'll make him more likely to take a you know multi-year deal instead of wanting to be on the franchise tag based on you know kind of coming to the reality of his own mortality? And I think uh, this is something we definitely have to monitor. Like you said, it's not going to affect him in free agency. Um, something like this, like I said, three months is the typical recovery time, so I think he'll be fine for the start of free agency. It's more preferable. I think. Yeah, you know, I think honestly, I think he should touch free agency. The Cowboys have so many needs and limited cap space going into next year. It's likely that they don't they forego franchise tagging him, and they you know he can kind of be a you know test the waters as a free agent. I think he's going to garner a lot of looks. I think we all can say that he's going to garner a lot of looks because um, when healthy, he looks pretty productive. Uh, we just got to see what that market looks like because. Uh, to your point again, Zeke is out of the two of them. Zeke is, is likely to take less money because they can convert his salary into a signing bonus. And that way they can actually save money towards the cap because you have Schultz and all these impending free agents. So I think uh, Powell's going to have definitely a lot of value in March. We have had a lot of noise as far as head coaching interviews and OCs and DCs and all that kind of good stuff. But the ones that we are hearing the most noise about right now, uh, the Carolina Panthers job, Frank Wright just had his second interview, the former coach head coach, Steve Wilkes, who is the Panthers interim head coach right now for the past 12 games of the 2022 season. He completed a second interview as well for that Panthers head coaching job. And I believe there was Mike Kafka, if I'm not um, mistaken, who also, excuse me, uh, not Kafka, Kafka was the Texans. Uh, Kellen Moore also looked at the Panthers and he had a second interview and some other type of research is going on by him to verify whether or not it's something that he would be willing to entertain but based on the coaches that are currently kind of throwing the hat in the ring who do we think would be the best fit for carolina i think firstly i mean i think the quarterback is 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 what they really need to be focused on uh, because it doesn't matter who comes in there as the next uh, head coach if they don't have any good play at that position I mean, what is it? We've seen coaches go places and be successful, and we see them go places and not be successful. And the one thing that stayed, usually remains the same is the quarterback play. So honestly, I don't care if it's Kafka, uh, John Gruden, Wanstead. I don't, I don't give a damn who you get a job to. Like, I think you can get the same results if you don't have a good quarterback. <laughs> so I can't really say what quarterback, I mean, what coach fits this program right now. 
um, because there's no one person I think that's more ideal than, than another, as far as Carolina, the way the team is currently constructed. That's not a coach I think. And I, I mean, I think just keep the coach they have. That's what I was going to say. I, I don't think Wilkes did anything to lose his job, to be honest with you. He took them from being a dumpster fire to being one game out of the playoffs. So let's see what he would do if he actually had the full season, is, is my humble opinion. Carolina hasn't been to the playoffs in quite a while. And to be one game out, although be it in a terrible division, it's not like the division is getting better overnight either. So why not keep some semblance of normalcy with the success that you kind of had with that guy? But I don't know. We'll kind of see how that works out. Uh, the Houston Texans are kind of in a similar situation, um, you know, to your point, Vander, as far as the quarterback woes are concerned. But they have completed their second interview with the guy that's kind of hot on the market right now, the uh, Broncos defensive coordinator, Ejiro Evero. And I hope I pronounced that correctly. He interviewed for the head coaching position for of both the Texans and the Colts. Mike Kafka also threw his hat in the ring as far as the Texans was concerned. And D'Amico Ryans also was on the radar of the Houston Texans. As far as Indy is concerned, Ejiro Evero as well. Raheem Morris had his second interview, and they're also doing a second interview for Jeff Saturday, who was the interim head coach. And it's kind of interesting that they're even, in my opinion, looking Jeff Saturday's way. I don't know if this is a, I don't want the outside world to kind of look at you with a black eye. So I'm doing you a favor by even making it seem as if you're in the consideration because I know he and the owner do have a really good relationship. But Yeah, I, I think I'm glad you, you point out the Denver defensive coordinator. He's done a phenomenal job. With the Houston and, and Indianapolis, I think, honestly, it's a thorough search for both of them. Obviously, the heap with Houston was that they've had two black coaches, one year piece. So they're definitely doing their due diligence to kind of not have somebody as a cup holder, so to speak. And also Indianapolis, I think, you know, they're going to take their time as well. Everything being what it is, I think most of these hirings are either going to come the week before or the week after the Super Bowl because the timetable from now and then uh, Senior Bowl and then and scouting, you definitely want to give a coach those opportunities. So this information, relatively speaking, should come, you know, within the next coming weeks. Uh, I definitely think, you know, it, it coach doesn't really, you know, whether it's offense or defense, it doesn't matter. We all know. It's just honestly what kind of program people are, are going to have. You know, we just seen Campbell do fairly decent. Um, and again, how can we say that decent that he went seven and nine in the second year, but you see a culture he's brewing for the, the Lions, which is fairly competitive. People might be looking at that as a, a sign too, as opposed to just going offense or defense. More so who can make a, a solid program. I love it. Love it. Lastly, as far as the coaching ranks are concerned, the Patriots made a hire. They hired Bill O'Brien as the OC. He returns to the same position he held in 2001. Uh, when New England was ranked second in total yards and third in points with Tom Brady, of course. O'Brien was on the Patriots offensive staff from 2007 to 2010. So he's most definitely familiar with the organization. I love the fact that Bill Belichick is kind of eating crow and saying, hey, I actually need an OC. I just can't pull any time Dick and Harry out the streets and say, hey, call offensive plays. I don't know exactly why he thought his genius extended that far anyway, but I'm glad that his humility didn't make him continue to go down that same path. Maybe this is going to be a leg up for Mac Jones. It definitely isn't going to hurt. The Patriots definitely did have their best offensive years when O'Brien was the OC. He wasn't much of a head coach, but he was a uh, heck of a play caller. I think it's an excellent hire. Uh, I'm, I'm no Mac Jones. He's excited. 
because I think this year two has really uh, hurt his um, progression. Wait, didn't he? Wasn't he the um, what? Wasn't he the OC at Alabama? Alabama? Matt Jones was there, right? Uh, did did, did their paths cross at Alabama? I'm not sure different? because I mean Alabama switched the whole. Yeah, I mean, I, they even had, okay, 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 and yeah. and it might even have some Sarkeesian. They're like, they they okay. switch OCs like every two years. You know what I'm saying? As long as they whoever present a reclamation project, you know, they get a job. You know Nick what I mean? Saban so, hook them up. Yeah, you're right. Who knows? I, I know he's excited again. Come on, he had a rookie uh, Pro Bowl season, and to go from that to this, and now he's gonna get right back in the fold with someone who knows uh, offense, how to play calls. Help with his maturation because I mean it's, it's bigger than just call you know play calling. I think year two has just really hasn't helped him as a you know as a quarterback as far as growth. Being with Patricia and, and the offense like that got to be a joke having Patricia in your offensive room, you know. But um, this is a super great hire. He already is familiar with the um the organization, and I think the Patriots are kind of like picked back up where they left off two years ago. And that pretty much wraps up the news and notes for today. We're going to go ahead and hop into Final Fantasy Wide Receiver Edition. All right, good people. So let's talk about these wide receivers. We do have the final stint for 2022 for PPR. We're going to kind of go over the guys that, uh, well, we're going to go over pretty much all the wide receivers, but kind of focus on the people who kind of stood out based on the fact that they came out of nowhere or that we were just completely wrong about them. And as far as our assessment, and then there's some guys who just did what we thought they were going to do. So we won't really spend much time patting them on the back, but to start out the first 10 here, we have Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Devonte Adams, Stefan Diggs, AJ Brown, CD lamb, Amon Ross St. Brown at seven, Jalen Waddle at eight, Devonta Smith at nine, and Amari Cooper rounding it out at 10. What surprised you? What came right on time? And what smacked you like a ton of bricks? Because it came out of nowhere. Uh, I mean, I would say right on time would be guys like Justin Jefferson. Um, the prediction was he would be the number one wide receiver going to this year. Um, that's the prediction I made. And that was correct here. One of the biggest surprises I would say would be uh, Devonta Smith. Uh, probably the biggest surprise on this top 10 list. Him being the second fiddle and to be ranked in the top 10 is pretty impressive, especially with a quarterback like a Jalen Hurst who's not really known for being a you know high-end passer of the football. One of the things that stand out with this list, though, you have four receivers that's on two teams. So you have Tyreek and Waddle as a pair, and you have Brown and Smith as a pair. All in the top ten. I think that's probably one of the biggest things I take away from this. Like that's kind of a really big surprise. CD Lamb, people was you know high high hopes from him this year, and he, he pretty much landed where most people thought he would. And also everybody was big on St. Brown, so I don't really think those are big surprises for some people. They may be, but for me, not so much because those are some of the guys that were highly taught after going into the season. And one other thing, the Tariq Hill was kind of a really huge surprise for me because again, we're not knowing. Tua not being the best deep ball throw of a football, but somehow they made it work and he finished uh, two. So that was impressive. 
Yeah, I, I love that breakdown. I think uh, to your point, Tyreek really stood out. But I also recall you kind of uh, during the episode prior, kind of breaking down what you felt like uh, what happened with Mike Daniels and everything else. So it was pretty. It, it came kind of to fruition even more seeing how they use Tyreek. So I think that was a uh, pretty dope because that put a lot in perspective. Just seeing it come to fruition for what you kind of mentioned about his offense with Tyreek going forward. And then CD, I think CD caught me off guard too. I mean, I honestly like, oh, we know we, we thought so much of what Amari uh, was able to do. I think he really came and had a very strong second season, second half of the season, and we kind of can see himself becoming his own receiver and kind of leaving that stigma that oh, he needed Amari and everything else. He kind of proved a lot of doubters wrong. And then I kind of Devontae took me by surprise, but not so much. Um, in the sense that not that I saw him being this good, but he was his own number one wide receiver to his own right. I agree. Um, but just seeing him do what he can, he can do um, in that offense, just seeing how he he fit that offense was really he took advantage of a good uh, situation with Goddard being injured and propel himself to a good receiver. Yeah, I got to agree with with a lot of what both of you said. I, honestly, the biggest surprise, well, the two biggest surprises, I say they're kind of equal. Tyreek Hill being number two, um, and we talked about Patrick Mahomes being number one when we talked about the Final Fantasy for quarterbacks. The fact that neither one of them needed each other was something that a lot of people didn't see coming. They're still just as good, actually, possibly better than they were together, which is crazy to think about. It didn't feel quite like C.D. Lamb was ready to step up to this proportion. So the fact that he didn't even have his quarterback for the entirety of the season but he was able to be number six. That's major to me. I still believe that Dallas is going to go find another wide receiver who is going to be of the same or possibly a higher level of talent. That whole begging OBJ to um, come play for them wasn't for nothing. So I, I kind of feel like we may not see a repeat of this, but we'll kind of talk about that in later shows. Let's go ahead and go with wide receivers 11 through 20. At 11, we have Mike Evans, Tyler Lockett, T. Higgins, Christian Kirk, DK Metcalf, Jamar Chase, Brandon Ayuk, Chris Godwin, Scary Terry, and Michael Pittman Jr. rounding it out at number 20. For me, one of the bigger surprises on this one was actually Chase coming in at 16 and actually ended the season behind T. Higgins. Granted, he did have a few games there where he was nicked up, so we kind of have a, a, a rationale for why, but I thought that Chase would be kind of, you know, one of those upper echelons on, on the first list that we talked about. Outside of that, um, Christian Kirk surprised me a little bit. This is one of the guys that could have gone either way, in my opinion. And I think that the coaching staff with the Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence being in his second year, kind of being a little bit more mature, being able to handle everything that was coming at him and have more, I, I would say, of a solid organization to help him through that. I believe that helped the wide receivers just as much as it helped the quarterback. So Christian Kirk being at 14 was something that in PPR is, I guess, is apropos, but that I didn't predict that, I'll say. What you got on the, this group? Chris Godwin is the, the one of the, well, I'm going to say Brandon Ayuk as well. We've seen him came on a little late in the season, but these guys are the most quiet top 20 finishers I've seen. Like, because while you was caught up in a fantasy season, these guys wasn't standing out week to week when you were playing against them or they were right. on your team. So those are probably Brandon Ayuk. I mean, 17. No one predicted that. And a big part of that is, of course, the quarterback change uh, going to Brock Purdy on the last part of the season. So they had a good rapport. And that's kind of the reason for him to be right here. Again, Jamar Chase would have finished a lot higher 
is not due to injury. He was trending to be probably in that top five. I get why he's here at 16. Uh, but Mike Evans, as usual, is never pretty. <laughs> but some way, somehow. He get that. <laughs> he's, he's a wide receiver he's one. He's always floating around top 10. Like, year in, year mm-hmm. out, it never fails. Uh, he'll have his two, three-point moments, and then he'll catch 200 yards and four touchdowns one week. Like, he just always make it bounces up. And then the, the guy that's under him, Tyler Lockett, kind of the same. He had a really good season. This is probably one of the biggest surprises. Also, Ty Lockett finishing top 12. Don't forget about it. With a Geno Smith at quarterback, no thank you. Seattle no offense in general was a huge surprise this year. Right. And right on time, Michael Pittman. I think this is a guy that, again, people were high on. The offense didn't look very fluid this year. But for him to get a top 20 finish, even with the poor quarterback play, is uh, pretty promising. Let me ask you this, Joe. In this 11 to 20 part of the list, who do you think is a top 20 wide receiver that in Dynasty, it would be easiest for you to get with people not realizing what they currently have? You know, I always think outside of it. I think kind of, I take the complicated route, but I, I would say Michael Pittman. I think for everything that uh, Vander even alluded to, he had pedestrian quarterback play, to say the least. And we've seen what he, his, his floor is and his propensity is. Um, to do relatively well in his role. He also had a little bit to injury. And also without Paris Campbell, they kind of rolled coverage to him because their offense was so less than. It kind of made it a little bit obvious who to key on. I think in a, a good opportunity to kind of find somebody out of that entire list, not many people going to look at Michael Pippen. They're going to kind of write him off. He's going to need a quarterback, all these different things. Um, he has to be a focus point when he and going into uh, 2024 where he's a, a year removed from getting a big contract. They're going to have to see and put the ball in his hands to see what kind of receiver he is. So I think that's a good spend up opportunity. Would you pick the same person or do you have somebody different? Vander? No, I think honestly, I think Brandon Ayuk. It's, it's funny because we are on the same page. The two people that I had in mind were Brandon Ayuk and Michael Pittman. That's crazy. Go ahead. Yeah, I would say Brandon Ayuk probably be the easiest to for you to get being that if you look at this list, most of these guys are considered the best wide receiver on their own team, where Brandon Ayuk is not. That's and true. For, and for that reason, I think he'll be the easiest one to get. And and his future looks pretty bright moving forward. This is his first 1,000-yard season. And look like Brock Purdy may be the signal card moving forward. They have a really good chemistry. I, he would be the guy I would go after looking at this list because I think he would be the easiest. I think for some of the other guys, you would have to spend up a little more. Wide receivers 21 through 30. Cooper Cup at 21. Garrett Wilson at 22, DJ Moore, Zay Jones, Chris Olave, Jerry Judy at 26, Juju Smith-Schuster, Curtis Samuel, Deontay Johnson, and at 30, Adam Thielen. What you got on this one, Joe? Yeah, this this list was kind of surprising. Curtis Samuel honestly kind of surprised me out of that list. I didn't see that one coming. Damn, I, I just read his name and didn't realize he was on the list. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, I, I thought, man, this is Terry's year, whatever. But Curtis Samuel honestly showed a great point of what kind of value he has when healthy. Him, Dodson, and Terry was just like, which one of the three? Which one of the three? But I didn't know he played that consistent to earn that spot in fantasy. I think this list overall was pretty good. I mean, it's not everything. Everybody's kind of where I would think they would be. Garrett Wilson, I think, honestly. I I would expect it a little bit higher, but then again, we got to kind of look at that offense. And the same with Olave. Olave played uh, fairly well, but that uh, Sharid dude uh, coming up, 
he, he really put that to bed early. But I think this was a really good list, a lot of value in this list as well. Of this list, Vander, who are you going to get in Dynasty and why? The obvious choice would be Garrett Wilson. Again, that won't be an easy task um, right. because everybody see him coming, and especially with the, some of the, the rumblings in the street as far as the next signal call it in the New York area, guys like Aaron Rodgers, things like that, that would make this guy go nuclear. So if you do have him on your, your your wish list, I suggest that you go after him now before a move is actually made for a quarterback because the right quarterback will send this guy to another planet. Fact. Um, yeah, Zay Jones would probably be the easiest. And Curtis Samuel as well. Mm, yep. Um, I think Curtis Samuel is here because of the injury to Dotson. Let's, let's face it. If Dotson was healthy, he would have been right here. Facts. If not higher because he was having a really good season the first quarter of the season. Him and Wentz was mm-hmm. on the same page. So the injuries to you know certain quarterbacks kind of – Made it a little better for others when when he got hurt and then you know wins went down then you know how that thing went so I think he'd have been right here and not Curtis Samuel but looking at this list um, Deontay Johnson is probably a big surprise for me because the Steelers didn't seem to have really any good quarterback play all season long even though this guy was like he was getting peppered with targets but he didn't I don't think he reached the end zone this year because somebody I, I think he might have had one touchdown okay and it was late if i'm not mistaken it, yeah, it had was to be late, late it was like season. real late. maybe maybe it was past uh fantasy playoffs i don't think for the fantasy season he had a touchdown all year and for you to finish 29th with no touchdowns extremely impressive again he didn't seem like he had a good rapport with any of the quarterbacks there and um so i'm really surprised to see him right here as well yeah he didn't have a, a touchdown uh this season i just wanted to head check uh, amazing <laughs> you know what i'm saying no touchdowns amazing <laughs> So I'm surprised he's right here. So is that a guy that you go get due to positive regression? Or are you kind of hesitant on him thinking that maybe he won't have that rapport with Kenny Pickett and Kenny Pickett is the quarterback for the foreseeable future? The way I see it, honestly, I think I like Deontay. I like his skill set. But I can I can very well see him on another team. I'm not saying it's going to be this even, year. Even with them already shipping? Oh, okay, not this year. Okay. I'm not I'm saying, but, but think about if, if you look at but if you look at how Pittsburgh drafted last year or so, they was really picking up a lot of receivers. We didn't even That's see true. Kevin Austin came out none this year, right? Right. People forgot about him. He was tearing up camp early in the season, had an injury, didn't play this year. But he'll be a guy that'd be talking about next camp as well. And you know how they do? The next one in, next one out. And I mean, we when when have you ever seen the Steelers draft like three receivers in the same draft? Like, so I think that's a telltale. And on sign. top of that, when have you ever seen the receivers draft bad? When have you ever seen the Steelers draft bad wide receivers? So right. they drafted three, they got three. So. Right. Claypool's already moved. Um, I'm not sure what Deontay contract situation looks like, but I think I can very well see him moving elsewhere because him and Kenny Pickett just not it's just not there. Is a way better rapport with Pickens, and I just don't see him and Deontay being on the same page. So I, I love him, but I can very well see him on another squad. His contract was very team friendly. I, I didn't like when he the deal he took, and there's a potential out going into this offseason with his contract. I don't want to kind of put any fantasy or draft uh, like rumors out there, but Kenny Pickett is working out with his college wide receiver and Jordan Addison this uh, offseason. I don't know how much that's going to play into um, the Steelers' uh, decision-making, but they committed early on just a week ago, less than a week ago. They're going to be working out the entire offseason. And I actually remember there was a quote or a tweet or something like that where Kenny Pickett was basically saying, yeah, he, he'd love for his you know wide receiver to, to be on his team. So, you know, hey, who knows how that ends up going, but he may end up going a little bit too high for Pittsburgh to spend more capital in the position that, you know, the Vanders point, they've kind of spent a good bit of capital on already. So 
wide receivers 31 through 40. 31, we got Mike Williams, Jacoby Myers, Tyler Boyd, Gabriel Davis, Debo Samuel, Donovan Peoples-Jones at 36, Alan Lazard, Drake London, Joshua Palmer, and rounding it out at 40, Marquise Hollywood Brown. Of course, the one name that stick out, the, the, you know, is Debo Samuel. I think he finished second overall last year at Fantasy, right? So him for the goal to num- from number two to 35, yeah, he, he definitely didn't give you the value you had him drafted at. Again, injury was a little, you know, he has that injury bug thing. We all seen in all season the contract disputes, the I don't want to be a running back, I don't want to run a ball, that whole debacle. He seemed like he ran the ball a lot less this year and even more or less once Christian McCaffrey came on board. And honestly, let's be fair, that's his value. I get it. He's a good, he's a decent wide receiver, but he has extremely, uh, has way more value running the football in fantasy. To see him drop right here, big surprise. Uh, Mike Williams, man, this guy, he has those high games. He has those games. He looks great, and then he get hurt. You know, he's going to miss him at least four games a year. And I don't, I see him actually trending down. If I'm a Mike Williams owner, I'm probably trying to get off of him. With Absolutely. Their, with them losing their OC, Thanks. with them losing their OC, that offense is pretty much geared around that. Is it an X? Yeah, it's the X receiver. So it was kind of pretty much geared around that X receiver. So who knows who's going to be the next OC over there and who's going to be the guy that, you know, is favored in that new offense. Uh, Jacoby Myers, he's going to do what Jacoby does. Don't catch a lot of touchdowns, but you get the pass in, in the yards. Peoples Jones, I think. This is not really that surprising. We, um, Joe, he's been high on him a, a, like a year early. And uh, this is a guy that, you know, who probably continue to do well as Deshaun Watson becomes the full-time starter, complete for the whole season, and get a lot more comfortable with his wide receivers. I can see him very well doing well. So this would be a guy also I would go after if you are looking for some value around here. I think Lazard may take a little dip. Joshua Palmer's here. A lot of his success became off. The back of Mike Williams. Once he went down, he filled that role. So, and also Kenny Allen was hurt most of the year. I think he's kind of like fool's gold right here. Even though I think he's a good talent wide receiver, he his value really came off the backs of other people. Well, and actually though, I think that's why he'll still have the same value because do you honestly believe that neither Mike Williams nor Keenan Allen will get hurt next year? No, but again, we don't know who the OC is going to be. It, it, it won't it, matter. It, He'll be the number two receiver for most of the year, one way or the other. No, it will matter. Depends on because one thing about that's why I, I like to tell the, the thing that separates good fantasy players from great fantasy players is really knowing schemes of these offensive coordinators because they're going to pretty much tell you exactly what position on that team is the highlight, right? So the next OC, it might not even be an X receiver. Uh, look at oh, the, no, look no, at, no. I get that. What I'm saying is. He'll be the wide receiver too. Mike Williams may be the one that happens to be healthy, so he may not play X receiver at all. But between Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, the odds of both of them being healthy is slim. So I can see for the value. I mean, you probably don't even got a draft Palmer, or if you do, he's going to be like you know back there, and right. he's going to end up right around here because one of those two starters are going to be gone. So he's going to get the looks, and you didn't have to draft him like right. high at all. So he's, he's going to get gonna the looks. That value. He's going to get looks, but I'm still concerned about who's going to be the, the play caller to see if I'm really interested in a guy like that. You know what I mean? He's cool, but again, right place, right time. is the reason why he kind of took a step forward. Uh, also, Gabriel Davis, I'm kind of foreshadowing. Um, I, I went after him as well in my league because I don't see, I can see very well see him in, in New York next year and not Buffalo. I mean, the Giants. Mm, okay. Um, 
Right, right. Then they you mean, have, you mean in twenty twenty three, like coming up this? Well, I, I think he's a free agent coming in. Am I oh, wrong? I, on that? I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure on that one. I want to say he he's up right now, coming up. I could be wrong. As a fact, I know but, I, um, I know I posted it on um, on the Facebook page earlier this week. I, I I don't think I erased it. Let me check and see if I have. I want to say he's up, but being that the guy like the New York Giants are having trouble, he got one more year. Okay, so he's gonna be looking for a contract this year then. So this would be a really good time for them to move on. Yeah, I was about um, to say if they're gonna trade him, it would be have to be this right. year then. He's extremely young. To say this guy, he seemed like he'd have been in the league like four years already, it seems. At least three. And he's like 22, 23. He's like, he's, like, he's, <laughs> he's extremely young. For, Just like Cooper. It, Cooper done been in the league forever. And, and he like, like I want to say like 27, 28, 28 something. Yeah. Like Gabriel been Davis is only, forever. what, 22 years old? Uh, 24. <laughs> Gabriel Davis 24 now? Mm-hmm. And he, he's 23 last year. When right. The, when and the how long has he been in the league? This is his third year or fourth year? He's currently his third year right now, right? Yeah, now. so he's yeah, he's a pretty young kid, but I, I like him. I, I could I could see him going elsewhere and, and kind of being stepping into the man role. Joe, of this group, who are you trying to go get? Whether you're looking at value, whether you're looking at upside, whether you're looking at top side, who between the thirty-one to forty, um, between those ranks, are you trying to go get? And what's your rationale? Okay, so um, honestly, Vander took the best candidate. I love for every reason why Vander wants to go get Gabriel Davis. <laughs> yeah, for all the, my moves for, are foreshadowing moves. You, if y'all been paying attention, <laughs> I, I think well, Zay kind of knows me a good bit, but if you see the guys I'm going after, it's like a reason why. You know what I'm saying? Like people, I, I kind of try to look ahead a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes my guesses could be wrong. Those one of those guys. I was like, yo, latter part of this season was kind of down a little bit. People are not gonna really be too too high on them. Uh, he's kind of below the radar. Dabble, you know, he's familiar with them. He's familiar with the offense. They have no wide receiver help. God, they be gone. Slayton, all those guys, I can very well see him going on there when it comes time to a contract. So things like that, you got to kind of try to look ahead if you know guys who's comfortable with certain schemes and things like that. So that's why I went after Gabriel. Now, nah, to add to that, the GM and the offensive coordinator, I think if you didn't say that already, that's, that's, that's a more than enough reason. So – this one isn't. It's not going to help me because we're in the same league. But I'm going to triple what I'm about to say and go right back to Donovan Peoples Jones. He made his way up before the return of Watson up to wide receiver 13. Well, yeah, up to wide receiver 14 at that time, and then he just sputtered out from week 14 to the end of the season, basically because of the offense just being a shell of itself. Because Watson get acclimated to the league again, like like you said, like his growth is steadily what you would expect it to be, but his upside really was diminished for the last five or six games towards the end of the season because of uh, Deshaun coming into the fold. To Xavier's point, if he gets a full season, a off season, OTAs even working together uh, during the offseason, that's problematic because this kid is he's – a, he's a big play on any play. I mean, I just, his upside is tremendous, and I think the value of him, him being looked at as currently – what is that, wide receiver 38? You can see somebody like that jump into the 20s or maybe you know, 18, 19 the next season because this offense with Stefanski is showing that it can, it can hold two wide receivers. I'd say the guy that I would go after that's probably going to be the easiest to get and has the most upside, in my humble opinion, kind of piggybacking on what Vander said, right? I'm going with Jacoby Myers. Do y'all remember what Julian Edelman did in PPR leagues? 
because that guy is going to be the OC again. And that guy is going to use the hell out of Myers. And Myers has been flying above, way above where you would have to draft him or what you would have to give up for him already. Maybe something happens and Myers isn't the guy that running the slot, but whoever is in the slot in that Bill O'Brien offense, and, and I know this is, we're talking about wide receivers right now, but he he also used the tight end heavily. So, I mean, but I'm just looking forward to the uptick in that offense. And I really think that Myers, as long as he gets re-signed, because I want to say he's, is he a restricted or unrestricted free agent? I want to say he may be a free agent, but I, I really hope we re-sign that guy. And if we do, Look for his numbers to skyrocket. I can definitely see him being top 20 in a Bill O'Brien offense. No, for sure. Wide receivers 41 through 50. At 41, we have DeAndre Hopkins, Mac Hollins, George Pickens, Christian Watson, 45, Cortland Sutton, KJ Osborne, Paris Campbell, 48, Keenan Allen, Richie James, and Darius Slayton rounded out at 49 and 50. This group was very intriguing in the sense of, well, first and foremost, Hopkins missed seven games, still ended up at 41. That kind of tells me he still would have been himself had he played a full season and he would have pretty much gotten you what you drafted him to do. Matt Collins was a guy that I don't think anyone kind of saw coming out of anywhere and you could have picked him up off of the waivers. So he did kind of surprise me a little bit. You have a hodgepodge of guys who were injured or suspended or everyone in this group um, to a certain extent had something like that going on at some part of the season. The only one that I, I don't believe George Pickens was injured, but he might as well have been with the anemic offense that the Steelers had for a good part of the season while trying to get their weekly quarterback acclimated. This group, several young guys that I can see taking a step forward. If there's a guy that I could go get, or actually it's two guys I would go get that are kind of equal in my eyes right now, George Pickens and Christian Watson. We don't exactly know what's going to happen at the quarterback position for Watson. I don't think it could get any worse than it was last year. And we do normally see a pretty good jump from the freshman to the sophomore year for quarterbacks. So I can see those two guys being studs going forward. And, you know, they're going to be in year two themselves. So they're going to take a little bit of a step as well. So I love the prognosis for those two guys. What you got on them? Again, another guy I had my eye on, Christian Watson. Um, I mean, this guy sitting right here, and he done all his damage in a few games. So, I mean, this guy, he looks dangerous. He looked apart. One thing I did pay attention to was Jordan Love played that one game he did have um, a little bit of playing time this year. Him and Watson still had a good rapport. So yep. I paid attention to that. So, like, okay, cool. It's not just Rodgers. Um, so he's a guy that everybody's going to be looking at. I think he's a guy you definitely want to go after. It's probably going to be harder now. It's probably going to be, you know, the, the, the Christian Watson owner definitely don't want to get off of him. I'm talking from experience. But George, <laughs> but George Pickens, man, this dude was a super talent. Yeah. It, you know, man, he he could he could have really have a if Pickett could throw the ball <laughs> correctly and well, this dude would have been a lot higher on this list. Seen minutes to the games, wide open passes, missing them, underthrows. Oh, I mean the whole you name it. He went through it, but this dude's a stud. You know what I'm saying? So he definitely a guy. I agree with you. These are two guys you definitely want to go after. If you are a Richie James owner, a Darius Slayton owner, sell them by all means because who knows how that team's gonna like? It, it, I could see it can, a little blow up. You know what I'm saying? Who knows what that team is going to like? All these guys are inherited. So who knows what team they'll be on next year if they even be here. Right. Uh, Matt Hollins, you know, due to injury, he was able to squeeze in, do a little something there. D-Hop, of course, he, he drafted him next year like a wide receiver one. 
again, another guy I traded for this offseason because not only he still had a lot in the tank, I don't think he'd be an Arizona Cardinal. We've been hearing things, rumblings, the Ravens, the Patriots are interested. I told Zay uh, a few weeks back, I was like, I can see him coming to y'all. And I was Yo, like, Bill so loved this update dude. on that? No, 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 no. We, we, we got a problem. What's up? We got a serious problem. Oh, Bill o him and Bill O'Brien, yeah, they beat. I, 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 yes. You know what? I uh, thought yes. about that. <laughs> yes. When I heard Bill O'Brien, I was like, that's cool. But I was like, don't he have a, no trade like don't don't he have say so on where he end up hopkins i mean most stars do so i'm not sure but i the, i don't the, see him trying to be under bill o'brien under no circumstance that's true but the difference is bill o'brien is not the head this He's is true coordinator this is true and, you know and you gotta understand now and t with the texans bill o'brien was the gm right. and the coach that's that's why i think that the issue came in that you know what i'm saying more that my money on my money remember because d hop really was frustrated about the bread it wasn't yeah. really about nothing else i think it was the money and it's hard having your head coach being the gym so i think that's, that's where the bumping of the heads was really more business i'm not sure as far as their relationship i just think he would go to to baltimore before oh, he, if he has say in it if he has say in it kansas, i heard kansas city chiefs will also be a, a team that's interested so really yeah. Okay. Interesting. So to, to add on to the discussion of Hopkins, Hopkins, in fact, does have a no trade clause in his contract. Mm. But as far as the cap space, it definitely will help them uh, freeing up more than $10 million in cap space and obviously give them a little bit more assets uh, in next year's draft. And they have a whole new organization, basically. You know, the GM's new, the head coach's new, whoever they end up picking. And it's going to be a situation where they may not mind necessarily getting their own guys versus having a Hopkins on their squad. I kind of think it lessens the expectation when you don't have quite as many names and you have to develop your own talent. And they also made precautionary move by picking up Hollywood. So money talks and freeing up that money could definitely be what the doctor ordered because they need an O-line. We'll kind of see how that ends up working out. Wide receivers 51 through 60. 51 is Brandon Cooks, Jahan Dotson, Marquez Valdez-Scantley, Devin DuVernay, Isaiah McKenzie. 56 is Russell Gage, Noah Brown, Marvin Jones Jr., Chris Moore, and rounding out number 60 is Robert Woods. What you got, Joe? I can say my disappointments are a little bit in like Brandon Cooks. I didn't I didn't expect this whole entire offense between him and Davis Mills to like to fall apart. Um, Cooks obviously is a thousand yard receiver, almost a lock every year, just based on how productive he's been in the past and how consistent he's been. Uh, so I wasn't expecting that. Also, Russell Gage too, another one just having an opportunity just to perform a little bit more and build on uh, last year where he kind of did fairly well. Uh, Robert Woods would be the third person that I thought uh, just a little bit more being the, not the lone guy, but with Traylon Burks having conditioning problems and staying healthy in regards to hamstring issue early on in the season. I was just like, Robert Woods, come on, let's do it. This list was uh, fairly, uh, one I didn't see coming was Chris Moore. I definitely want to touch on Chris Moore. I think it was short-lived, obviously, because, you know, by that time, Nicole Collins was hurt. We had, you know, Brandon Cooks, you know, wanting to be traded and never getting traded. So he kind of stood out. But it has no relative value going into next year. You know, this this the bottom feeders list. Isaiah McKenzie, I think 
he just needs the opportunity just to get more on the field. But to your point, it might be a good opportunity if they explore the trade Gabriel Davis that he could kind of move up and be one of the next receivers on that team. I got to say, the guy that I would look into, people really aren't thinking that much about, but you kind of said something. Brandon Cooks, this guy, when he wants to be fully engaged, which is normally, he's a thousand yard receiver. What happened in Houston is a byproduct of basically. He had injury. There was also some, um, according to him, some lies being told. Um, He was supposed to be traded by the trade deadline. And after that, he set out a few games and was just kind of like, screw this organization. So there was that too, as far as Cooks is concerned. But the passion that he showed by wanting to be traded and get up out of that dumpster fire, and I think his direct quote was, you playing with my career. This, This guy's only 29 years old. Wherever he goes, it's going to be to a team that feels as if they kind of only need a receiver to kind of finish out a couple of things. So I could see him going to a decent offense and you'd be better off getting him before he got there versus being reactionary and then trying to go get him once he gets wherever he's going. But this this may be a guy that I could see possibly going back to the Patriots and not cost him very much. I would love to see Brandon Cooks be a Patriot again. I like Brandon Cooks. Um, Again, one of these guys that seem like he's been in the league 10 years and he's only 29. Right. Amazing. (laughs) Um, but again, he's a consistent thousand yard receiver. Hey, why not go back to the Rams? Project didn't work out with a guy like Allen Robinson. Brandon Cooks can jump right back in that number two spot and really do some damage. How long is Robinson's contract? I know they they kind of gave him a lot of money, although the project didn't work out. I think it was like a I think it was a shorter deal. Okay, don't quote me on that. I know it was like a two year deal, so I don't think it was a, a large deal. Gotcha. Maybe large as far as you know front loaded, but. I don't think the years were. Why not? You know what I'm saying? Jahan Dotson, a pleasant surprise here. He would have been a lot higher um, if not due to injury. This dude, all, all it seems, he all he catches is touchdowns. He's been he's probably the better red zone target for this team. Now all that could change moving forward due to we don't know who their signal caller gonna be next year, and we don't know the duration of this, this team. So that's something to look forward to. Devin Duvernay, who's seen that coming? Noah Brown, who's seen that coming? The ageless Marvin Jones. I agree with. Uh, Majority, this is like, a, I guess, guys right here, kind of the bottom barrel. Uh, there's a lot of guys, but the funny thing about it, there's a lot of guys that's lower than this that would be a lot higher than them next year. Uh, I wouldn't look for a lot of these guys to repeat their performance uh, moving forward. A lot of them would probably fall off because a lot of them are here due to like injuries and circumstances. But again, if you're going after somebody on this list, uh, Brandon Cooks would be my, my guy as well. That about wraps it up for Final Fantasy Wide Receiver Edition. Let's go ahead and hop into this weekend's matchups with your DFS picks and your best bets. All right, so let's go ahead and give you the juice for this weekend. I told you guys last weekend that you were going to be looking at San Francisco and the under Um, based on, again, who the public was high on. Also, as far as that Bills and Cincinnati game, we kind of looked at that. The public was like 78% on the over. It went under. So again, I'm still looking at things like that as far as looking at best bets for the weekend. What, what, What was your overall thoughts as far as this past weekend was concerned with the matchups that went down? And then we'll get into this weekend's matchups. I was happy. I was I bet you were. 
Satisfied with um, <laughs> the way the weekend went, you know. Not surprised. Sorry, Cowboy fans. Every year you do this, I don't get it. And this is the reason why people don't like Cowboy fans per se, because every year they in denial. Don't it's, blame the Cowboy fans. It's like don't no, blame the Cowboy fans. But, but listen, they have battered wife syndrome. It won't happen only, again. But but they're the only fans out of thirty two teams that every year. Oh, we going. It's not, they're not even real. Things are back to normal. They got flowers, you know, the off season, the draft went their way. You know, they'll they're never hurt realistic. me again. They're not realistic. Well, you're every right. It's the same old tune. They I don't come in once, every year. <laughs> I don't come right. in every year saying my team's going to be good. I may say, hey, this is a year we're going to be, you know, we're going to be, you know, we're going to fight. But, you know, you, you, you got an idea about your team's identity. These guys are Clueless. Every year, I don't. I don't care if Dominique Wilkins playing quarterback. Oh, we going just a year. You know what I'm saying? It's, it doesn't matter. But with that being said, how about them 49ers? <laughs> I wasn't surprised. Hey, I'll them. tell you what though. Brock Purdy finally looked like he might be, you know, a product of some of the defenses that he went up against. This is the best defense that he that he's going up against by, by but far. But he played well. To he see. did. He did. You know, to, to say this is the best defense he went up against, he did not turn the ball over. He was able to, you know, move the ball on those on those third downs, made some really good throws. Man, this dude is the real deal. He's so poised. Man, I mean, what, what can you say about him, man? Like, this, this is Tom Brady 2.0, baby. I'm telling you, I said it. Like, not saying, he's gonna be the, not saying he's the next, not saying he's going to win seven championships. But as far as the way he's introduced to the league, and, oh, and taking over the spot, taking right. over the number one QB from the. Okay. And nobody's seen it coming. Like, I mean, this dude is already, he, you know, his name is now in the half of Offensive Player of the Year. For real. <laughs> wow. Yeah, like he's a candidate now already. Think about it. It's a good chance he might win it because his only competitors would be Garrett Wilson and probably Kid Walker. Those are probably the only two guys that's, you know, really in the running. He's, he's right there. He's, what, he's undefeated thus far. 14 in seven games, what, 14 touchdowns, two interceptions? But I, I want to say those are regular season awards, so they may not give him credit for a lot of what he's doing. It, but in the regular season, he what? I think he won five games. Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, here's the thing, though. If you don't vote until after the playoffs has started, I don't know how you make someone who's voting right. not see what they're seeing. Right. You know, so, so it has to be some kind of bias there. But right. yeah, Not saying he's going to win the award, but for him to be considered is amazing. Absolutely. Um, but the guy is, he's, what, I don't know what to say about him. He's, he's, the future looks bright. The Bengals, Bills game, a mess. <laughs> that weather would be more beneficial for the Bills, but it didn't look so much. Look right. Like the Bengals was having the most fun out there. It, even it though Cincinnati like started right game. where they stopped with the game that was, um, you know, a few weeks ago where they, you know, scored and then, you know, it was stopped due to injury there. So, I mean, it, it looked like they picked up right where they left off. So now we got to ask ourselves, is Josh Allen really that great? Well, I don't think it's that cut and dry because I believe that we saw what Dabble was able to do as far as limiting the turnovers from Danny Dimes. Losing Dabble may have had just as much of an effect on Josh Allen. So I can kind of see, you know, the six and one and half a dozen and the other. The same reason that the Giants are in the playoffs may be the reason why the Bills regressed a little bit. And that's because offensive coordinators matter. Head coaches matter. Again, I'm asking though, is he that great? Because when people talk about the best quarterbacks in the league, they say Mahomes and then Josh Allen is like the next name afterwards. Not no but more. Now, right. Joe Burrow's so, after him now. <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. He, he had that great season, but I mean, now, now it's kind of like, it's a lot of these younger dudes that the NFL is just in great hands right now with the younger quarterbacks because they coming. Like Josh Allen had his MVP season, and but a lot of people are kind of figuring some things out about that offense. And 
they're not just about to let him run all over them like like he was. So he's going to have to get that pass game together or he's going to experience more weekends like he did this past weekend. And also, I mean, the Bills, they, they kill his heels not being able to really establish the run. And it's hard. You know, if you can't get your run game going, it's hard to be, you know, um, productive in the pass game. I mean, James and Singletary did – I mean, not James. Um, Cook and Singletary did – pretty good as far as running backs are concerned not this in this year. game right here well yeah i mean everything was off in this game i mean so i, yeah. I, I don't know singletary is a free agent as well right i believe he I, is i, I want to say he's up so don't be surprised if he ends up in new york i was about to say he he and saquon would be a nice one too or for that matter if saquon takes money somewhere else versus staying with the giants maybe singletary comes in and he's the guy Right. So, is, is that another guy that you may go after just because you don't know yet? 100%. To all the listeners, I will go to Singletary now. Don't wait. Because right now, the taste in everybody's mouth is Cook. Everybody see Cook coming. Just like we speaking here about Singletary being a free agent upcoming. A lot of people don't know that. I even put a couple of deals out there for Singletary to no avail. I wasn't able to get them. I'll go after them now before the placement is set. Because Seem like the Giants and, and Saquon are off about what four million dollars a year or something. They offer him something like twelve, and I think he won't like sixteen or something like that. So they kind of far off with contract. It seemed the number, the money's a little off, and I could very well see him maybe going elsewhere, getting a bag like you said. I even heard the Miami Dolphins may be interested in Saquon Barkley. That's amazing, but. A guy like Devin Singletary can come in for a fraction of the cost, and who knows this system? Dabble's already comfortable with him. Hey, he could be a start running back for the New York Giants next year. So kind of try to be ahead of the curve on a lot of these things. Sometimes you have to see it before it happens, because once it happens, once the tick the ticker comes across, you're not going to be able to get him at that point. He'll be a guy I would actually go out there as well. All right, so Joe, I mean, I know you sat down and uh, you know, probably had a couple of wings. I'll say a couple cans of soda. I know you don't drink. So, <laughs> what, what was your thoughts <laughs> on the weekend, bro? Like, what, I mean, what was your what was your overall take, or, or what stood out to you? Man, the Eagles' defense, man. Like, honestly, I've been so on about their defense. It was already. I already saw it was coming with Dallas, man. It was they fell apart. To your point, like uh, Dallas every year, man, they just put themselves in this predicament. Like you said, they fans and I think their own expectations. They they kind of forget that the, you know how many games they got left. I don't think I think they really take the playoffs lightly because we know we're not expecting them to go much further than the first round or even to win a playoff game. Yeah, like I even gave out that tidbit about the sacks and how many sacks they had. They had five sacks on Dak. Then they had two turnovers on them too, you know, like they – it was tough. And then going into the uh, 49ers game, they playing complete football. I think this Eagles and San Francisco, this is gonna be the this is gonna be the one. I'm I'm heavily excited. Um, can't Kansas, wait. Kansas City Bengals gonna be good. But I think honestly, Joe Burrow, man, he talking it. They he asked him, you know, how they'll be in championship contention. He pretty much said as long as he as long as he's living, they're gonna always be in contention to go to the Super Bowl. He's showing it, man. He's he's doing everything he can and he still haven't used utilized all his weapons and going against a defense like Kansas City. I, both of these games is what we what we want to see who's going to the Super Bowl, to be honest with you. I'm I'm excited. Okay, so we have this week's matchups. And for me, I have my betting hat and I have my football knowledge hat. And they're kind of competing against each other in certain instances. Here we have 49ers versus the Eagles. This is a two and a half point over under. The public is 61% on the Eagles who are giving up the two and a half. So 46 and a half point over under. 
It's a 45-55 on the over-under, so that doesn't really move me one way or the other. But the fact that 61% of the public is on the Eagles, okay. That kind of moves the meter just a little bit for me, but this is one of the ones that I would just use my football knowledge on because it isn't so heavy on the public on one way or the other that I think it was Sway Vegas. So with this matchup, Purdy's immaturity is going to finally rear its ugly head. I'm sorry, Amanda. Um, I think what's going to happen in this game is... You said that last week. Uh, well, let me address that, because you're absolutely right. I think if against the Eagles, you only put up 19 points... What do you put up? 19 points, right? If against a Dallas defense that isn't as good as the Eagles defense, you kind of showed that you won't put up as many points as you have in previous games... Why did you say, uh, that, why you say the Eagles defense is better than the Cowboys defense? Because it is. Why? Because to what to, to what metric? According according to the defensive rankings, San Francisco is number one and the Eagles is number two for like the vast majority of the season. Or am I missing something? Um, Joe, I know you the statistician. I guess. <laughs> I mean, I guess so. I mean, I'm okay with that. I, I think they're they're right there at each I other. I know Dallas is top ten as far as defense, but I'm pretty sure the Eagles defense, especially when Jordan Davis has been on the field. Right. Right. Has 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 been pretty pretty up there. So what I'm looking at is the fact that if against one of the better defenses that you finally faced, you didn't put up 20 points. And I believe that the Eagles' offense, being led by Jalen Hurts, is capable of putting up 21 on just about anybody. Well, that's why I'm going to have to roll with the Eagles. But I can also see why they have it as being such a tight game. I can see this kind of being one of those 21 to 17 type of game, something like that. I think I'm going to have to roll with the Eagles, even though the public has the Eagles uh, in that 2.5. So how do you feel about the Eagles giving up 40 points to the Cowboys? Divisional games are are funky. Like sometimes they go way under. I I get that. Like, I mean, but you see some divisional games where both teams only put up 10. I mean, so divisional games can be really – I mean, both coaches know each other. Both teams know each other. There's no scheming your way around anything in those divisional matchups that you you know play against each other twice a year. So I think that's slightly different. Also, mm-hmm. I believe that the maturity of Hurts in being able to kind of seize the moment, he's more so ready for that. And Brock Purdy still doesn't realize – what the moment is because he's just kind of all shucks happy-go-lucky at the moment I-, I think it'll hit him in the game versus before the game man that got ice cold have you paid attention to him man like he he, he i get it that, that's was, what i'm saying what i'm saying he 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 actually took control of the like just a couple of games ago in the huddle he was screaming on veterans in the huddle and then everybody was like damn okay uh, that's yeah. cool but he put up 19 points against dallas and the eagles defense but, is better. but if you watch the game i mean this, the final score said 19 but Bad play calling by Shanahan. They right. got down uh, in the red zone, first and 10 from the 10, threw a pass incomplete, ran some little quarterback draw thing, and then th- it, like, it was some bad play calling. So there's a lot of things in this game that the reason why the score is what it was, but at the same time, no turnovers. To look at one game and say, hey, he scored 19 here, but then say, hey, but this team gave up 40 to this other team to say, well, it's a divisional game. It don't quite work like that. You gave but, up 342. I mean, you gave up 340 yards passing the deck. Press they, they, they set their starters, didn't they? You talking about no. the game? They set their, what, what game are you talking about? It was a close game, but they played their starters. This dude had, they scored 40 points. December, oh, the, the, okay, 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 Christmas, okay, okay. The Christmas okay, my game. Fault, my fault. I got you. Like got he you. threw for three, right at 350 yards and three touchdowns. 
It wasn't. It was Jordan Davis in that game? Wasn't that, wasn't that the game? One of the games where he was hurt? I mean, if I'm not mistaken, it, it, it's possible. But Jordan Davis is a run stopper, not a pass rusher. And actually, Jordan Davis right. did play that game. So yeah, he was did there. He? Okay. You you never gave your pick, Vander. Who, who you got? Don't play with me. Yeah. <laughs> I Joe. Go ahead. This is not because I'm a Seahawks fan at all. So I, I think we got to first get that one out. That's kind of. I'm going to go second what Xavier was saying. You guys did great against the Cowboys. Kudos, right? But to me, they're not the Eagles' defense. I can understand what they did to the Cow. They put 40 points up. That's great. To uh, Xavier's point, this is the second-ranked defense. These boys getting 70. They have 70 sacks on the season. And this, this is very important. The same You're team not, gave up 40 points to the Cowboys. But go ahead. Just, no, no, no. But what was last week? I, don't, I can't go off in December. We in the playoffs. We know it's, it's zero. No, I'm zero. just saying you speak about this defense being so highly tight. I'm saying they gave up 40 to Dak but and what the Cowboys. Did they, but what, what did Dak do last week? I don't. That's the regular season. He, Again, the playoff is that's, zero, that's, zero. The, that's the point I'm making. This ain't this you, is the 49er defense. This ain't the Eagle defense. That when it gets to the 49er defense, I'm saying, like, y'all, he put 40 up on this Eagle defense that you speak on. That's all right. I'm saying. No, no, but I'm saying, but that's the regular season, correct? It's football. Purdy is a great player. I, I just want to first say that Purdy is a great player. But what what pressure is has he played against a pressure like this, a defense like this, a starting seven like this? Like, I'm just curious. Let me ask you a question, right? <laughs> Out of both teams. Front seven, Eagles front seven, Cowboy front seven. Which team has the single best player on it? Who has the single best player on it? Right. Oh, it should, it should take it that long. Oh, Michael Parsons, but he ain't do well, nothing. But that's what I'm saying. You say he hasn't faced a defense like this this much pressure. He this is Sorry. probably the this is probably the best. There's pass a difference rusher. between having Hold the on. best defensive player and the best Hold defensive on. unit. But this that's is the two completely different questions. But but the point I'm making is this is probably the best pass rusher in football. So for you I to say that. pressure, but the the depth that the Eagles have on the defensive line is ridiculous. They have extremely good depth, but a lot of those guys and good top end players as well. They granted. have experience. They have depth. They have, they have young guys, but they, they have, have a lot vets. of. I mean, they have they have depth, but we have the best left tackle in football. So that's number one. What are y'all going to do against Hargrave? Fletcher I love Hargrave. Scott, Jordan Davis. State. What's up, baby? Reddit. What you gonna do against uh Brandon Graham? Like probably I, probably what the Cowboys did. Score 40. What in what world? In the what Cowboys world? did it. That's in the real world. In December? In December? Yeah, that was you know it's January, right? Okay, that's less than a month ago. Regular, <laughs> we're just talking about like the whole thing is when it's playoff temperature. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wasn't that the Minshew game? Yeah. yeah. But Minshew don't Minshew, like turn the ball over okay. like four times or something. No, shit? he had he had two interceptions. But this is my thing though. But one Min- of them was like for a pick six. That don't that don't count if Hurts went in the game, bro. I'm sorry. What you that, mean that don't, don't count? count? We talking about what the defense gave up? No, no, we talk turnovers oh. put up. Dog, Dallas scored off of both of those turnovers, bro. Sweet, three hundred and fifty yards passing and three touchdowns had nothing to do with that. Minshew, bad position. Three hundred and fifty yards. And three touchdowns. Because the defense was nothing. on the field the whole game. It oh, does matter. Now, now he's on the field the whole game. Okay. Hell yeah, they were. Because Minshew wasn't moving the ball. What do you mean? No, if you look at the time position, bro, it's only a five-minute difference. So that's not true. 
and that's not the norm for the Eagles. If you look at if you look at for the entirety of the season, they've been on the plus side by a large margin as far as that stat is concerned. So again, when Hertz is on the field, it makes a big difference because no, you're no. not going to get as many bites at the apple. It's not. But you know what? To his point, the 49ers have played such an impressive defense. They to close out the regular season, they don't play Seattle, Washington, the Raiders, Arizona, play Seattle again, Dallas. They've played such an extreme duress. Dallas Man, was the best by far. Dallas the was the best, best by, by far. far. 44 sacks? What is that? That's the best. It's a again, totally you you you've been a regular season playing pedestrian defenses. Now run for your life. That's because that's what's gonna happen. Run for your it. life. I don't see I, it. You talk about Micah Parsons. I just I can name you four people who had double digit sacks on that defensive line. You can name four people that had double digit sacks. Can you name a better player on a defensive line than Michael Parsons? Well, it's, what did Michael Parsons do? Bro. It ain't about one dude. It ain't basketball. Exactly. It's like it, LeBron. It ain't, it ain't, but again, this guy is easily the best pass rusher in football. Can okay, we all agree on Reddick, that? You have Hassan several Reddick. dudes have, that have almost on, as many sacks as a simple, I ask a, uh, ask a simple question, bro. And That's I made all. a simple statement. Uh, if I got best, several dudes with almost as many sacks, is, then what are we talking about? Is he the best pass rusher in, in football? That's all I it ask. It does not matter if I, I ask a question. Don't, don't tell me it don't matter if I ask a question. almost as many sacks. Is he the best pass rusher in football? That's all I'm asking. When they put him in that position, but they don't always do that. What you mean when well, they put him yeah, in that let's position? Let's not move the goalposts. They, 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 don't, they don't always make him a pass rusher. Sometimes they yeah. put him in coverage. Who's the, who's stupid, me, but they do that. Okay. Dallas. They they do that. They've done that several again, games. Again, Dallas is a really good defense. That's, that's not highlighted. Like not. Um, I'm Eagles, not saying that they aren't, but they aren't they got, the Eagles defense. But you come out one person. You only name it one person, bro. Like they have, you name it on no, whole no, seven they, I, compared to one Demarcus, person. Demarcus Lawrence had a really good season this year. What did he not? What you mean? What you mean? What? What you mean? What? What? what you mean? Exactly what? He's not. Let me look up. Do, do you, you mean realize, what? Do you, realize, do, do you realize how many Pro Bowlers, All okay. Pros, the Eagles defense hold has? On. So, do, so hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I'm just saying. Let, let it say, hold the phone. Hold the phone. So, oh, Demarcus he, Lawrence has six sacks. You're right. He, he it, had a great see, game. But see, again, it ain't about sacks. Did he have a How good game? What, what he do? No, what he listen, do? Listen what what he do? Bro, listen to what I'm saying. Just because you don't have a lot of sacks, I mean, you didn't have a good year of football, right? But no, but what we're saying is for the Eagles, they have like four or five dudes with more sacks than Demarcus Lawrence. Do you realize DeMarcus, that? Are you let me ask you a question, right? See, y'all saying a lot of blah 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 blah, and, and, and people at home listeners, don't be confused when guys be talking like this, don't be confused by it because they talk all this ego, this ego, that ego, this ego, that. I'm giving Demar- you stats. hold on, hold forget your stats. Demarcus Lawrence made the Pro Bowl this year. That don't mean Do you know how many people on the Eagles defense made the Pro Bowl. Please tell me. Do you know how many people? No, 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 no Another Pro Bowl corner. Like this team is a really good defense, man. Really good defense. So don't 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 act like my man can't score forty because the Cowboys did it. You you and your feelings the the team, okay. He put up nineteen points okay. against a lesser defense. That's all I'm saying. I mean, damn. I, I, that's, is, is that not what happened? He put no, up nineteen points against a defense that's not as good. He, as he didn't turn the ball over. 
He didn't turn the ball. That's over. great. He put up he 19 did. points against and, a defense that's and guess worse what? than the. And guess what? That's Josh Allen put up 10 points against the Bengals. Whoop de doo. Cool. It don't matter. Cool. All I'm saying is this. Okay. Because it's not about who played who played what this that and the third. All I'm saying is this. Brock Purdy, man. <laughs> Y'all hate on the pretty man. And I expect that from Joe. We beat them three times this year. You heard? Three times. It's hard to beat a team three times in a year, but it happened. Yeah, but you know. Hey, everybody, Cancun on three. One, two, three. Cancun. All <laughs> I'm saying is exactly what happened. He went up against the hardest defense he's seen all year and put up 19 points. That's what and happened. Th- but How it, is that hating? It's not hating, but so what are you talking two about? things can be true. He put up 19 points, but against this best defense you say you've seen all year, he didn't right. turn the ball over, bro. That's that great. Says a, don't, that says a lot. Don't turn the ball over against the Eagles, but if you only put up Okay. 19 points, you're probably gonna lose. That's all I'm saying. I wouldn't I wouldn't agree with that because we played the Eagles okay. last year. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Last hold year. Up. Listen, what you I'm, mean without I'm, AJ Brown? Li- listen, listen what I'm saying. Go ahead. We, Go we ahead. played the Eagles last year and then uh-huh. we scored 11 points. So sometimes without AJ Brown? AJ Brown, who also hurt his hip in this game. But what I'm saying is this. What? He had a hip injury this past week. What that got to do with last year? No. AJ Brown is playing next week. He's gonna play, about? but what I'm saying is this, like just because he scored 19 points don't mean the other team. Because you got to score, too. We coming in with one of the best defenses in the NFL as well. So I get what you're saying. I, I agree. Oh, yeah, 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 I agree. So you're I saying, agree. hey, score 19. You can't, 19 going to do it. Why not? 19 may all you need with the with, with the, the best middle linebacker in the league. Because and I trust one, more than the I number trust one, And the number one That's sack why. getter in the league this year. So 19 may be all you need. Nah. That's all I'm saying. Don't bank on it. That's I'm, all I'm saying. Hey. Don't sleep on it. Don't sleep on the Niners. The defense. Is it not one of the best defenses in the NFL? Absolutely. We, we've already wait, overstated it. Okay. That. Well, but well, my whole thing is how is it convenient that the 49ers has this illustrious defense? But when we tell you that he's going against the second best defense, it means absolutely nothing because I'm wait, not saying that. You get, no, but that's what it, we're telling you that this man has not gone against a front seven like this. And we're just gonna just be dismissive of that because Micah Parsons, one player from the Cowboys, one player. Nah, but that man, that man I, had the cleanest jersey. Purdy had the cleanest jersey the entire game. He only got sacked twice, and that was not even his fault. That wasn't even that the, the nah, pressure that, was even that listen, hard. I like the he Eagles had defense. I told people early in the season the Eagles got the recipe to win the Super Bowl this year because of the defensive line. When you're that deep and you can get to the quarterback, that's a recipe to win. Plus they got that's the best. That's all I'm all- saying. But listen, I agree with you. Plus they got the best offensive line in football. But what I'm saying is this: the Cowboys still hung forty. Dak still threw for three fifty. That's all I'm saying. And Dak still- has and- those games. Okay. Well, he it happens. So, in football. so so Brock Purdy can't have one of those nights. He only got to do I don't it know. once. I- I've never yeah. seen it. I don't know. For, for you mean? you I, never seen I, what? I've never seen them have no 354 touchdown night or whatever you're talking about that you're saying that Dak put up. I haven't seen that from him. I've seen him manage the game and not screw it up, to your point, whoa, not get a turnover. See, no, 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 That's what I've no, seen. No, no, no. He's no. a good game. That's no, not what I've seen. seen? No, no. We've seen, we've man, seen please Brock tell me what I've seen, man. We've seen Brock Pretty go out there and not just – he's not no game manager. That's just not what he is. He is. We've seen – Yes. That's what whoever's at the quarterback for the 49 is just a game manager. Okay. Mullins, Berthard. <laughs> he, he's not them. He's not them. Okay. He's not a backup? No, he's, he's not Jim. Jim. He's he he's doesn't Jim have G2. He doesn't have game manager DNA. This dude slings it. 
He he's not a person that just tip tip, tip down the film or throwing the flat, throwing the flat. He he'll throw it no, out. No, there. no, 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 no. You missing it. I'm saying the offense. Like if you just took him to a team where it was just a you know, if it was like a Bruce Arians type, it's just no risk and no biscuit. And, and, and but and the 49ers for, and, offense makes it that and, way. And and, and then for you, Joe, you talking about we haven't seen him throw for we haven't seen him throw for 300 yards. Hell, he just did against y'all. Uh, you forgot? You do oh, for the Seahawks? Yeah, oh, he, 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 don't he Hold on, hold on. Yeah. He, hold no, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me finish. You say oh. you didn't see it. You just seen it the week before. He him three thirty and three touchdowns up on them. Not against a not against a defense of this caliber, bro. All I'm saying is he's a rookie who's had limited experience. We haven't seen it yet. Why are you offended? I'm Se- confused. Seattle's not a bad. Seattle wasn't a bad defense this year too. Bro. They wasn't a good defense. They wasn't yes, nowhere near number yes, two. They was. Bro, they was. They oh was close. Hold on. Listen. They, listen. Calm down. They was in the top third this year. They probably at least 10, 10, 11. Okay, the Eagles are but, in the top two. You talking I, about the top listen, third? Come that's, on, bro. That's not the same. No, but what not I'm saying. Close. Cool. All I'm saying is he played against a good defense. I'm not saying they're world beaters, but Seattle did not have a bad defense this year. Joe, am I wrong about that? Seattle had the last pass defense. We gave 324 yards a, a game. Okay. I don't well, want to admit that, but you know, I do got to admit that. So and that's all I'm saying. And meanwhile, the Eagles have the best secondary right now, as far as the stats are concerned. They have they have the best secondary. So I, we'll see what happens. But all I'm saying is they're playing to get. He's playing to get somebody way different than he has before. And on the other side, I trust that quarterback more than I trust him. Although he's done well. Let's finish this up with the Bengals versus the Chiefs. This is a 47 point over under, only a one point spread. Honestly, I'm scared of this one, but I have to go with my betting hat. 78% of the public are on the Bengals. 76% of the public is on the over. Therefore, I got to go with the Chiefs and the under. Um, that's just what Vegas has told me all year. So I got to stay true to that. Not only that, but the NFL storyline of their wonder boy being hurt with the high ankle sprain and still pulling it out against the up and coming Bengals. Oh, that just sets the NFL on fire. So for storyline purposes, for Vegas purposes, it all makes sense to me. That's the direction I'm going to I like the Bengals this game. Why would I go with the Chiefs when, one, the last four games, the Bengals beat them? You're right. With, with a half That's three. Four. Three. Four. It's three. They've been saying it on ESPN all day. It's three. Trust me. I'm saying four, man. Okay. Go for it. <laughs> let's, 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 let's look at the history. Uh, we have to look at the history of that. But um, we're the three or four, right? Um, it's one of them for sure. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that's with a healthy... Patrick Mahomes. There's no reason, no way that they should lose this time with the unhealthy Patty and all the other times Patty was healthy, which yeah. is exactly why I think it's gonna happen. Like I agree with you with my football. Like my football mind tells me the Bengals should smash them, but they were able to beat them with a healthy Patty. Yeah. I, I'm just looking at the trend with Vegas. That's all I'm basing that on. Not what I think should now, don't happen. Get me wrong. In real These games world. are now don't get me wrong, and those three games. The winner only won by three points in all three games. Right. So it's going to be a close game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. To your point, though, if they've won the last three and it's been within three, you would think that an unhealthy patty would give them, let's say, two more points, three more points. But I've just rarely seen Vegas take that much of a beating. That That's all I'm going on. I agree with everything that you said as far as real NFL football is concerned. But yeah. expect some funny business in this one. That's all I'm saying. I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, I know there's a, there's a lot of people want to have all these different little Super Bowl stories and, oh, well, maybe the Chiefs will win the Eagles and it'd be Andy Regan's old team or 
Maybe the 49ers will win. I didn't the even think about will, that. Yeah, maybe the Niners will win. The Bengals will win. It'll be a rematch of that old Super Bowl from back in the day. You know what I mean? But, man, Jamar Chase gave these boys fits. Spagnola, like, he just is the definition of insane because he would not get out of that man-to-man one-on-one for shh. You know what? He won't do it. You remember? Um, was You're that last shit? Chase had like 200 yards receiving in like a half. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was something crazy. Wrong. Like, he mm-hmm. just, but he will not get out of it. He won't. And he's going to make that same mistake again this week. And they're going to play gonna man on It's going to be one on one coverage. Fireworks. It could really yeah. be fireworks. It's going to be one on one coverage on the outside. And give me Joe Cool. But man. again, the over under is at 47, and the public is 76%. And the over under is the easiest thing to manipulate more so than the win loss. I see this game going under. I, I don't see either team putting up the points that we think they are. And they, again, my football mind says this game could freaking go off. But my betting mind says Vegas ain't going to let it happen. I mean, what you got, Joe? Wrap us up. Oh, yeah. So first, I'm going to do a stat correction. Seattle finished 13th in passing. Eagles first in, uh, overall in passing defensive rank. Oh, yeah. That's the one thing I should have said earlier. I don't think Patrick Mahomes really is suffering from a high ankle sprain. I put it in the Fantasy Fiends uh, group. After the press conference, he didn't even have a walking boot on. He didn't even look like to have a. He didn't look to have a limp. Right, right. I saw that. He, he so, didn't look to be limping at all. He could put weight I, on it and everything. Yeah, I agree. I think, like I said, like uh, you and Vander both alluded to, this has been a super close game. If the Bengals win, I'm going to be there like, man, I, I, I want this to happen for them. But I, it's like if I had to doubt one or the other, I don't want to doubt Burrow either. But it seemed like when the money again, like when, if the back against the wall, Mahomes just like whether it's a second half, whether it's the fourth quarter, this man does some some crazy unorthodox type stuff, man. Like I honestly think it's a chance Kansas City can pull it out. Time of possession is everything. I feel like if you play too conservative and you don't put up enough points, Kansas City is gonna put up find a way to put up enough points. And they got they they find a way to get every last weapon involved at their disposal. I think Kansas City can edge this out in this matchup. I, I want Burrow to win. Those games, like Burrow, my last name is similar to Burrow. Like, I want this to happen for my guy. <laughs> I love his story, and I want to see him win Super Bowls. But I just it seemed like every time I think Mahomes can't do it, he just find a way to, to get it done. So I, I'm not going to say Mahomes, man. I'll, I'll say this to end it. I saw something on Twitter um, from a verified account that I, I, I kind of – I've noticed that that they're almost like the TMZ of Twitter. It's called Uberfacts, right? So on Uberfacts, it showed that the NFL, as far as legalities are concerned, is on par with the WWE as far as being able to legally have predetermined outcomes. That that's just that's just what I read. I say that to say this: the most WWE type of storyline would be for my homes to be hurt and still figure out a way to pull it out. And now you have your Brady that has years ahead of him. So you already have your replacement goat as your current goat goes out. And that's the way I believe the storyline will go. And that's just, again, based on Vegas and based on the trends that I've seen in the NFL. My football mind tells me to go the opposite direction, but we shall see what happens this weekend. Either way it goes, it's going to be a hell of a ride, and we can't wait to talk about it on next week. For now, we out.